Hey friends, welcome to Happy Healthy Human Radio. I'm your host, Samantha Attard, coming at you from the beautiful Washington, D.C. I'm an Ayurvedic coach yoga instructor and doula, sharing with you the things I am learning about and teaching about in my everyday, so we can all find just a little more balanced bliss and confidence. Thanks so much for being a part of this community, and if you enjoy the podcast, please do subscribe. You can also rate and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to be super cool, you'll share it with a friend who you think would enjoy it as well. And I think this is a beautiful uh, episode for you to share with a friend, because really all of my conversations, my moon chats with Kathleen Berry, it's me talking to a friend. <laughs> and, um, and this one's no exception. We're getting into eclipse season, cancer season, mercury retrograde, um, and just all that it means to be human, my friends. Um, so much good stuff um, in this episode. Really great to think about, especially if you've been having scheduling or communication issues, both in the past or just over the last month or so. Um, we talk about this maternal versus paternal energy, the in, inner world versus outer world energy that's happening during this eclipse season. And of course, getting it back to like, how do we feel good and happy and present in our lives? So please do enjoy this amazing moon chat with my friend, yoga instructor and astrology expert, Kathleen Berry. You can always find her on Instagram at KBB323. Have a great one. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Welcome. They changed everything up on the app and I got myself all confused. Oh my, but it didn't even ring. It just came as a notification. It was very, I was like, oh, hey. here we are. Fascinating. Hello. Welcome. I love technology. Right? Um, <laughs> it's a good thing. So, and I, well, how am I doing in my Mercury retrograde? Great question. Um, yes. I haven't had any, like, technological snafus. It kind of worked the whole, like, retreat, resty kind of stuff. It's kind of happened, given that it's, like, super hot here right, right now. Um, right, Basically, inside all the time. So, that's kind of working. Um, what about you? That's good. Well, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, for me, it's not... Like, like I'm not experiencing bad traffic. I'm not experiencing a ton of um, technology snafus. Um, there have been some communication observances I've had. Nothing like, um, like I feel because I've been aware of Mercury Retro for now close to a decade, because I would say about 10 years ago is when it really hit me smack dab in the forehead. Uh, but I feel like I'm able to see like, I don't know. I'm not trying to remove myself from it because I'm still clearly in it, but but I don't yeah. see it more kind of like, you know, okay, wow, this is, I can tell that this person's perceiving me as a certain way. And I don't know that there's much I can do to change it because I'm being authentic to myself, but especially around like work stuff, just, just yeah. the, the interactions are, um, they can be challenging. They can be like tense at times. Mm. Yeah. And like people just not, not seeing through other people's lenses. I feel like that's kind of what happens with Mercury yeah. retro too, is we get really caught in our own little bubble and we forget that other people have stuff going on too with their lives. Um, it's not all about us. <laughs> I really, this is like, this puts my trip to Whole Foods this morning in like a whole new perspective. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> all I know is that I remember buying some cucumbers I turned around and I'm like oh that's really weird my cart moved to a different place but there's still cherries in there so like I guess it's my cart and so like, I'm like shopping and I, I go to check out I'm like what the fuck is this cherry like I didn't even buy this kind of cherries like there's green beans in my cart like what 
And here's and so like I'm like okay this is crazy I knew my cart was weird so sure and so like I go and I like switch back the one cherries so like they weren't organic and I like wanted to switch out the, for the organic cherries and all whatever um, uh, product sale and then the lady in front of me in line ready she like holds this thing of cherries and she's like are these yours and I'm like yeah they are. <laughs> and I'm kind of like trying to explain like I think we switch carts she's looking at me like I'm a maniac. Um, no, she like I was like oh, my cherries. We could switch back, and then she's like, no, and then we were, like switched up cherries, and then like, are these are these your green beans? <laughs> she's like, yeah. And anyway, long story short, like I kind of felt like I was like, am I the crazy one? Like I don't think I'm the crazy one. Right. Everything seems to be in my world. Right. But like I think she was really worried that I had like all of her groceries. I don't know. I think there's a lot of. And then like the woman that was checking us out. I mean, and kind of even after like the first lady left, she's just looking at me like I'm the biggest fucking idiot <laughs> she's ever seen. <laughs> and it was, it was one of those funny things because you know I don't know. I think a lot about human interaction and making time for the people, like and saying hi to people and, and how are you and like actually legitimately connecting with people that you see through your day, whether they're bus drivers or or. Um, people checking out of Whole Foods or wherever it is. And it was just so funny because I had this feeling like at the end of this interaction of like, you know, we, we kind of make it sound like, like that these people that are doing these more service oriented jobs are these like simpleton, you know, halcyon, so happy. It's kind of like the noble savage thing, like mm-hmm. that 10,000 are all good. And like, oh, all the people that are working in service jobs are all so nice. and. I'm not saying that they're not, and I'm sure it's like probably hardened also by years of people only looking at their phone and not saying, hey, but I was like, she didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, so this is going to feel a little bit better about all the like mistaken communication. And, uh, yeah, I guess I have been living a little Mercury retrograde. <laughs> it's so, but it's so crazy you say that because I was literally thinking that this morning while I was driving back from my um, my deep tissue massage. I was thinking like the bus passed and I always try to wave at the bus drivers. And yeah. part of it is like, cause that, that actually makes me happy. Like it makes me yeah, happy to totally. feel like, Hey, they see me and I see them and we saw each other. And that's cool because yeah. how often in this DC hustle bustle metropolitan area, do we stop to actually look someone in the eye? It doesn't happen a lot. Right. And right. I, I am with you. I, there are sometimes I get that feeling of like, it's almost just, it's like that privileged feeling of like, Oh God, I, I probably sound so douchey right now being like, well, I said hello to the cash register, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like, why wouldn't you yeah. jerk? <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel that way a lot when I go out to eat too. Um, with, but because, but, but I have friends who are in the restaurant industry, yeah. I have friends who are servers. Like, yeah. so it's, yeah, I'm totally with you. It's so funny you mentioned that. Cause I, I was feeling that same way. And, and it's, so my interaction was like, it, it was around work feedback and um, it was just one of those things where like one person who is probably really tired and really overworked and really trying to do their best to, to support everyone around them um, yeah. was upset by the, the quality of a product and it was okay. my product. And mm-hmm. the way that the feed, the thing is, is like, feeling that way deserves validation. Like in my, in my book, that should be like, yes, that is frustrating. That is 
hard? Um, when you feel like you tried to explain something and someone clearly didn't understand you and then they give you something that's like, that's not what I wanted. Um, right. But then the way that the feedback was delivered to me was, this was like last week. It was it's such a, oh, it was, it was rough. It was like, mm. you know, it, it was hard to not take it personally. It was, it was right, kind right. of like the, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hate those. Uh, oh my God. It was rough. Yeah. And, and I couldn't help but at, last week, I just, I don't do this a lot. Um, and this is probably why I need deep, deep tissue massage. Cause I just like everything manifests in my body. Cause I won't let it move. Uh, but I just, yeah. I let myself cry. I let myself be like, that really hurt my feelings. That was really hard for me to hear because I put a lot of effort into that. And it wasn't like, I just said, ah, F it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to like free ball it and just right. who cares. I, I put, I right. worked on the weekend. I worked over the holiday on oh it. My God. And so, so to get that feedback when it was already turned in and I couldn't do anything to help change it was like, yeah. and oh it, God. so that was my like mercury retrograde realizing that like, I can't control that. I can only do mm. what I can do in, and I have to be okay with, cause this is a per persistent challenge for me. I have to be okay with sort of the four agreements. Like, I did my best and mm -hmm. I, I was mm -hmm. true to my word and all that. Like I've come to the point now in my career where I realize there are expectations in my field of work that people think you should be clairvoyant and just read their mind. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like, nope, that's not how it works. I mean, I am an intuitive yeah. person, but you, I do not live in your brain and you need to communicate yeah. and use your words if you need me to do something differently. So, mm -hmm. so then I get a little like self-righteous, but whatever. <laughs> It's like a super interesting point, and you know, I was actually like, I was actually doing something for, um, for like, uh, oh, I was making actually, you would understand what I'm talking about. No one else would, but you would. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was making a video. We're both mentors for Spark Yoga, and so when you do that, you make a couple videos about different like teaching things and and just things you've learned and stuff like that. And so I was actually doing one about, you know, the importance of like sometimes just saying what you want people to do, meaning not warrior two, not, uh, you know, some fancy name, but rather like put your right foot forward, mm -hmm. like raise your left hand, you know, turn mm -hmm. towards the doorway, like these things that actually tell people, because I think sometimes we do, it's, it's the same thing. You're like, obviously, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, actually crescent lunge means five different things for five different people. Right. Runner's lunge means five different things for five different people. And, you know, and like assuming that everyone's just going to get you because it's me or because it's you or whatever. Right. Um, always work. So I'm right there with you. And that's kind of fascinating that the clairvoyance uh, <laughs> comes into your world too. It, oh my gosh. It does. Yeah. It's well, it's funny you say that too, like minimal relevant wording, right? Like yeah. that's what we're taught in sort of power sequence. Um, yeah. That's, that's the method. That's the communication style. Yeah. And it's so helpful because it does allow, it allows interpretation, but it's also yeah. direct. Um, yeah. But you know, it allows for your body to be your body. So if yeah. right foot forward doesn't necessarily mean like with perfect heel to heel alignment, it could be, right. it could be take a wider stance um, just right. as long as your right foot's in front. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so fascinating. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're getting our way out of there. Also, if no, just interesting. I'm on all these like dual forums and stuff. Apparently, like births um, have been crazy this last week. Um, like, really? Because of the full moon. Well, yeah. It always kind of goes up at the full moon, but I mm. think like 
because it, what is it? It's like retrogrades, eclipse season. It's like yep. all of these crazy things. Yep. And we went finding like super crazy like placentas and and like really fast births or really just like all these different things are happening. And currently, it's just been very been like a big birthy time. Big birthy time. I love it. It's, yeah. a, it's also cancer season too, which is like the maternal oh, yeah. season of the year. Yeah. It's the first yeah. sign of summer. Uh, yep. It's a cardinal sign. Like yeah. cancers are, are natural leaders. So that's so interesting. It, it would make sense that I, I love, I just love when like, like stories and anecdotes and stats and news aligns with what's happening in the cosmos. Cause yeah. it, for me, I'm just like, yeah. I knew it. I knew it all along. I've been saying this for years. It is super cool. It is. But yeah. Has eclipse season been treating you okay? It's been I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard because just everything's weird when you're pregnant. So, right. like, it's really sometimes it's hard to pull out. Like, has it been weirder or not? Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Is that, have you specifically felt any eclipse? things it's so it's been because it's been on the cancer capricorn axis so like a lot of it is around maternal versus paternal energy um ah. around like home life inner world cancer versus like oh, your more external life your your government hierarchy um and structures and systems that govern oh. society which is capricorn yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's I, you know, I don't follow the news super closely, but definitely, you know, like debates are starting to heat up. Um, you know, it's crazy to think that it's almost 2020. Um, but uh, outside of politics and stuff, I, for me, it's been more about like inner, inner world, but then how, how my inner world reacts to my career, my structures, the more like patriarchal side of things, because I've just always been a certain way I've always thought like you follow the rules the rules are in place for a reason and when you do that you will get rewarded you will succeed you will be incentivized and you will continue up the ladder and so I've known in the past two to three years for myself that that is I will find financial success but I will not find um internal contentment <laughs> so I've been trying to be more mindful around like when something rubs me the wrong way, like when somebody gives me feedback that I feel is really unfair or um, defensive or hurtful, I realize like what I, what my work is, is to acknowledge that that was really hard for me. And then that allows me to process it instead of hold on to it and like resent that person. Um, yeah, just remembering that they're probably going through their own issues it's usually not about me almost ever it's not personal again four agreements not personal like everything you're talking about is kind of just i think but maybe not like i feel like it's natural stuff that just happens when you get pregnant because like for example like i have a career and now it's like oh wait i'm gonna have a baby strapped to my boob for a bunch of months like you know mm -hmm. what i mean so like you have to like kind of figure that kind of stuff out um so that there is that play but mm -hmm. it's kind of fascinating like i think you saw um probably on instagram a couple days ago um maybe if you're stalking my Instagram, you saw <laughs> that, um, I, I don't want to assume, but like just kind of been really thinking a lot about like the Affordable Care Act recently mm -hmm. and how important that is for um, me and like the fact that I have a family and, and kind of uh, just a lot of these different things have been coming up about thinking about like, oh wait, what does it mean like, what does it mean to have like a child in this world? Mm -hmm. Like we, we've kind of done our 
our major formative forming like that kind of stuff has has happened we lived through all the craziness that was like 80s and 90s um and 2000s it's like okay like we, we figured that stuff out and then it's like okay but what does it mean to be like a five-year-old in 2024 like what does it mean to live like in a world where like gun violence is so normal mm-hmm. um we're like all, you know and some, some of these other kind of issues are coming up or like just stuff with like you know food safety and, and all of these different things that are that are happening so um so in that way i think i've gotten a lot more pensive in the last like even just this week it's suddenly become like really top of mind yeah. um, and and i like it kind of just keeps coming up again and again i thought it was like oh yeah it was just that aca thing and then it's like oh no wait but also this and that and this so um so i hear you yeah that's mm-hmm. yeah it's cool how it's playing out and it, like it makes sense to where the eclipses took place, right? Um, yeah. Because like one thing I've read and learned about eclipses that resonates with me is that they don't make things just like happen, right? Like you hear mm. you hear full moon and you're like, wow, oh, crazy shit's happening. Like people are going nuts. They're out in the streets. Yeah. They're howling. But it, it's <laughs> which I'd love to see, by the way. But um, <laughs> from, from afar, not in the street. But um, it's it's it actually cosmology wise it just speeds up what was already occurring or what was already kind of on its way and so without Mm -hmm. it needing to be about like this was predestined and you were always going to get in that like fender bender you were always going to get that bad feedback at work it's not that it's more of like what's the underlying issue and what eclipse is going to do is kind of like I always, this is like my favorite um, analogy for everything, but it's like a facial. It's going to bring everything that's not addressed to the surface so that you can't yeah. ignore it anymore. Yeah. And so that you can make actual change. And so that's, mm-hmm. we, we fear eclipse season or, you know, traditionally like Mercury retrograde and eclipses are like, ah, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to go back in the past. I don't, and it's like, but maybe it's coming up for you again because it's something you haven't learned. It's like when you keep the same relationship pattern over and over again, you wonder why you can't find a partner who's supportive. And it's like, Oh, it's because I don't support myself. Oh, that's why I keep dating people who don't support me. (laughs) Okay. So it's like that. And and that's how I've tried to use the energy too, is to like be really reflective inward, inward and like do a lot of, um, like wait until I'm not anxious about something to then journal about it as opposed to my interesting. Yeah. Like for me, I, I tend to journal or do tarot when I'm anxious about something. So I want answers. And right. what I've realized is part of my work, at least this summer is to let the anxious anxiety be like, let it kind of run its course. Um, you yeah. know, take, take care, drink water, do what I need to do to like get through it, do yoga. But then when I'm feeling a bit more peaceful, um, a bit more in a homeostasis, then, then reflect because then I can, um, I don't know, just be more level-headed and clear about maybe what's happening instead of thinking I need to assign an emotion or a judgment to it. Mm, well, and this makes total sense um, physiologically. I talk about this all the time when I do talk about stress. Um, that like when something stressful happens, like you know, you step out and off the curb and like a car is close to you or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what it is, when something stressful like that happens, and you start turning on that fight or flight on that adrenaline, mm-hmm. um, it basically like takes everything away from your prefrontal cortex. Like you don't have brain power anymore. Like right. you have reflexes, and you have ability to move, and you know, and your body is you're physically ready, but mentally, your brain isn't like in a processing place. And exactly, if you try to make decisions from that place, one, it's gonna be a lot harder, and two, you're more likely to end up with 
a decision that doesn't isn't actually serving you it's very reactive right yep, yep. and so um that completely makes sense that like when your body then gets to that homeostasis and the adrenaline itself isn't running anymore that means yeah your brain can turn back on again and you can actually actually be reflective you can't be reflective when you're still all effed up you know right yeah no totally that yes it's i love when the science supports what we already kind of know and feel yeah yeah because mm -hmm. it just like makes you realize okay i'm not crazy this is real like i i do feel very tense and high anxiety about like i i've realized what it is for me too and it's something that you know you peel back the layers of what it is so you you have an interaction with someone where it's less than favorable you feel you feel slightly attacked or whatever it is um and then it's like it stays with me it stays with me it bugs me i, I replay it in my mind and that's sort of like it's essentially a mini trauma that happened yeah because mm -hmm. it's something that like i have no control over and i want to change it because it made me feel like attacked essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I replay it, I replay it and I get anxiety about it. And this is like the, the challenge with like a first world modern man, right? Like this is where, this is what our fight or flight goes to because we don't yeah. have actual, I mean, we do have some threats, but in general, like I live a very safe sheltered life and I'm very grateful yeah. for that. Um, yeah. but so yeah, my brain goes there and then I replay it and replay it. And if I'm angry and I go journal about it, it's like, well, they were a jerk and they never should have done that. And I can't believe this always happens to me. And this is crazy. Why does this keep happening? What's wrong with me? Um, mm. and then that doesn't give me answers besides assigning blame to myself or other. And I've realized like, oh. that's my, that's been my pattern my whole life. So then it's like, okay, calm down. Like, you know, breathe, right? Breathing is yeah. number one to get us out of fight or flight. And then like, okay, process, allow the brain to kind of just let it be and then mm -hmm. let it play in your brain without it needing to have a different scenario and just like accepting what it was like, okay, that was, and then I get to that point of, okay, that was really hard for me. That was really, yeah. that really hurt my feelings. Why did that hurt my feelings so much? And then it, yeah. then my brain's yeah. like, because you feel like you're not good. You feel like you're not good enough. Yeah. And I realize yeah. all of it boils down to like every, my personal, every piece of like mini trauma has been like a worthiness uh, discussion. Yeah. It's like, am I worthy mm -hmm. of, of being happy? Am I worthy mm -hmm. of feeling accepted and whole even when I mess up mm -hmm. or even when mm -hmm. I don't do a great job? Um, mm -hmm. And like most of my career has been around, I will work so hard and achieve so much that you cannot deny my worth, <laughs> but then, I, but I'm doing it for someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it for yeah. me. So I've realized like, I, I don't know. I feel like my, my soul lesson, like the karma cycle I'm in right now, like this very part of my life and my, my mid thirties is like, um, you need to Kathleen take care of you. Like you need to be the one who says, babe, it is okay that you messed up. Cause I, mm -hmm. I've always waited for someone else to do it. And especially in a romantic partner. And it's, it's mm -hmm. a lot of pressure and it's not really fair because I'm not even doing it for me. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's been my like, okay, break it down. Hold on a second. What's really happening. Oh, you don't think you're worthy of love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so does that help you? Like, so how I see it is kind of knowing that, you know, like say mine, it, it's, it's probably a worthiness that there's definitely a huge worthiness, but like one of my main ones is like, 
uh, you're not being considerate. Like you're not being nice. Yeah. You're not, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Consider, like you, or like your, your pain, you're making things harder for people mm-hmm. and it's anything of that, that kind of flavor. Yeah. But, um, so for me, like now that I've kind of, I, I've like looked at it a lot, like I've played mm-hmm. with it a lot, like I've, I've seen it, I've worked through, you know, all the different stuff of it. Um, and now it, it makes it a little bit easier to realize like when that's happening. So kind of more like in the moment and like in the after effects, I can be like, oh, well, duh. Yeah. This, this hurt really bad because, um, someone, someone basically told me I was being inconsiderate. Like mm-hmm. at, the, at the heart of it, that's what it is. Or someone was ultimately telling me, right, you're, you're not worthy. Do you find that that, um, that that ends up helping you in processing um now that you kind of know like is this related to worthiness <laughs> yeah it's especially especially the past couple months um yeah a hundred percent because that's because really like what you just described too uh, i i would say my i have the same thing in mind is like being misunderstood or being mm. um when the assumption is my intention wasn't for the highest and best of someone oh, right awesome. like mm-hmm. Because it's like, that's the opposite. I want the best for everybody. And sometimes mine comes off as like, well, you just want the best for you. Or you're just selfish. Or you didn't think about me. And it's like, no, that's the op. Like, that's opposite of where my actual heart is. But I understand that my behaviors or my words might come off differently. um, Because I'm I'm a human being. And I have my... You know, my, my Zodiac chart, my predisposition to be blunt or to be like, to, to speak before I think or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, when somebody thinks my heart isn't in the right place, that's like, oof, oof, you might as well yeah. just kick me in the stomach and tell me I'm the worst because that's how it feels. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, so being able to see like, oh, it's because you, from a young age, didn't believe that you were worth the love of others because because it wasn't taught to you that your love is the most important love you can receive Mm -hmm. like I know that's so I don't that's the best way I can put it which is because I've yeah it's it's almost like you have a cast of characters in your head and I have a a few and they're they're (laughs) uh, they're all to me they're like spirit guides um yeah and they have different tones and um they, they help me, they help remind me who I really am, which is like, yeah. uh, they're basically the voice is like, I know you mean the best for everyone. And mm. I'm here to tell you. So it's like me coaching myself, essentially. Like yeah, I'm here to tell I. you, like you are enough period. Yeah. Full stop. Um, and that, that anytime I feel out of alignment with that, it means there's so, some unhealed wound I need to probably look deeper into and, Mm-hmm. it's not a linear process you know it's it just it keeps coming up in different ways and different formats and then like in yeah, one way I'll like get with one coworker and be like wow I really learned how to uh you know overcome this with this person because I feel like now they see me for who I am um yeah. but but part of it's like but relying on other people to meet me there isn't the the work the work is to like I have to meet myself there if that makes sense totally. yeah. yeah it does and I guess I'll just say I don't know for me personally I guess my goal is I guess I'll say I don't believe that there's ever going to be a day where someone says you're inconsiderate and I'm going to not care right you know what I mean and I guess and I don't make that assumption that I'm going to like now that I see it I'm going to be able to while it away right it's just I'm going to get better and better at you know like not taking it personally like you said of bouncing back from it of being able to stand my ground in that moment you know like so I, I think that's an important piece. I think sometimes, I think sometimes there's this 
and again, maybe it'll happen. Maybe that will happen and I'll never, and I, and I won't even, it won't even cause a ripple in my consciousness, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I guess I'm not, I'm not counting on that. That's not my goal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah totally. Um, and I think that's an important piece, mostly because I was talking to a client about this the other day and, and kind of, they were saying like, isn't the goal just to get rid of it? And I'm like, eh, yes, I am, <laughs> you know, um, because I, and you know, and again, like, when something has been programmed into you for 30 plus years, you know, I have no, I have no, um, I, I have, I'm not going to pretend that I think it's going to take any less time um, right. to do that, if not more. I feel like I remember seeing an article. I don't even know if this is true. And it's like, I'm sure it's whatever. And I remember them saying like, something about like taking like 50% longer of a time that you've been in a romantic relationship with someone to kind of fully move past it mm. i have no idea i have no idea I've heard that i don't before. i've heard that before have you heard that before okay yeah it's like however long you were together then plus you know half of what it was is like so like if you were together for a year it's probably going to take you like 18 months to really process everything and to like heal yeah, I think that. That, yeah it's, it doesn't make sense i mean it's kind of like i guess i'll say from that like uh i was in a three and a half year relationship before I met my husband and started dating my husband uh, like a month after that relationship ended. And so I'm not, I'm not at that 150% part yet with that person. So I'm just like throwing that out there like for anyone that's like at a big breakup. It's like, right. and I'm not sitting around like pining over that person in no way, shape or form. Um, but, but I do, I could see a sense of like, I do, I'm like, I'm not going to run into him. Like, and I feel like I would feel differently about that if I was past that point. No, I told, Um, it does make total sense. And and I also think like, like, I think it's very human of us. It's very prefrontal cortex of us to want to assign a timeline. Cause I, because that gives us, it just gives us a barometer. It gives us like a, a kind of a, a pulse on our health. Like, okay, okay. I've made it this far. Like I'm doing okay. I'm kicking butt, but I still maybe have a little left to go. I'm totally with it. Cause look, if that's the if that's the case, I got I got a few years ahead of me. <laughs> I've got yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh like 13, 14 years to recover from my last one. Oh, so yeah. so and I can look at that and be like oh, FML, or I can be like, cool, so much to learn. And it doesn't mean that <laughs> I'd like close for business and I don't get to yeah. ever experience happiness and joy. It's all that's the thing, is like nothing is linear our healing isn't linear our love stories aren't linear um we're taught that they are because of disney among other things but um which i love a disney but i've learned to like i've learned to like take art especially because i do feel like you know media and art and music and all of that i very much um i hear or watch or whatever, read something that really resonates with me where I'm like, whoa, that, that just like talked to my soul, that story, the yeah. way it was told, the way the people interacted, whatever. Um, and I attach to it as if it's like real and totally. that gets me into trouble because then it becomes the basis for comparison. And that famous quote that like, compare, you've said it, you said it in class this week, like comparison oh, yeah. is the thief of joy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm comparing something because, because I think, the feeling is real. That feeling of like, wow, that, that felt really aligned for me. That really spoke to me. Like, I know that that's a deep feeling that's true. Like that felt true. Um, whether it's positive or it's sad or whatever. Um, but then 
to like attach to it as if it's something to be regained or as if it's something to like, does that make sense? Like, it's just this idea that like, oh, this is how it should be. It's the should, uh, as opposed to that's how you felt about that thing. And now you get to move forward because there are other things you're going to feel that way about too. And they don't have to be the same thing. So it's like Michael Singer in the untethered soul. He says yes. you're sitting and watching a James Bond film and your brain doesn't know the difference between a James Bond film and not. And, um, and I think that is so true because yeah, if you read this like freaking amazing love story about this perfect relationship and you're like, Oh God, you know, like your brain is kind of like, that's mine too. Right. And then right. you like, wake up and go to work the next day and you're like wait no oops no that's not and it is it is it's almost like a loss of like wait I had this great relationship in in my head right (laughs) or what I read or or whatever else it is and so I um yeah I I I totally hear you there and it's that's why I try to be so careful about what I read and do yeah yeah I swear to god like I don't know I, I I'm not I'm not ready at, at this moment to say that Twilight ruined my life, but it ruined my, that it didn't ruin my life. Oh, I've like, a lot it, of lives. <laughs> it, like, it, like, it, it messed my brain up. It messed my brain up. Um, and definitely made, yeah, I just, uh, we'll just leave it at that. That, um. that, no, that, cause that love story is like, it plays, it plays to really deep feminine, masculine, uh, yeah. energy and like love story. That's like, that's like, millennia years old for us as a species like that's yeah. and it, it, it you know what I realized too is things like that like those love stories especially um because they are in a constant state of fight or flight and that's actually one yeah. of the basis of their bond and so oh, I felt even yeah. from a young age like I would be badass in like a medieval time Roman time like I know I could handle that shit because my DNA is hardwired for fight or flight but like modern modern love like being in a safe environment and just having to like overanalyze everything each other says that's that is hard and that is why I'm probably here on earth today in 2019 because because my soul is like yo girl you don't need to be like in a war anymore the war is inside like you've already done that you know whether i did or not i probably don't have that cool of a karmic history that'd be i I always wonder though i always wonder who i was but um but just yeah like it's not about being like it's so in some ways i think those stories resonate with us because that's our it's like the epigenetics of like what we who we've become how we've evolved we're so used to being in a constant state of terror and when you are um when your life is threatened or like your livelihood or your family uh on a daily basis it's really it's way easier to actually know who you love and who you trust in a way that's a great point that's interesting whereas now we have so much safety and abundance that it's kind of hard to know like is this real because like what if it all got taken away would you still feel this way about me and that's always like why do we love those types of films you know because at the end of the day like if an apocalyptic scenario were to come, <laughs> you want the person who's like, I'm by your side, ride or die. I got your back. Let's do this shit. Yeah. But the fact <laughs> is that's not really with a world that we fully live in. Um, and yeah. It can be, but it's but really for most of us, it's not. So yeah, I'm, I think about that stuff way too much. I'm, I'm totally with you. <laughs> no, that's like super fascinating. And I like, I, I very much, 
appreciate that. And like, I haven't really thought about that piece of it, particularly when it comes to like romantic love of like this difference between yeah, kind of like, <laughs> we're just trying to like make our world happen and oh great, this is a nice reprieve. Like I get to be in love with someone. Right, um, right. Versus like, oh, like, yeah, like I'm very comfortable. Life's good. Mm-hmm. I can just hang. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, what is, it, it is, it, it gets into like super interesting again, going back to like the eclipse and the masculine feminine and, and all these different things of, um, gender roles and, and what do you need in a partner and what, you know, what are they supposed to provide for you? What is the purpose of it all? Like, so I think it's super interesting and really important. And, and you know, never falls into different, um, has a different, uh, breakdown, I think, in terms of what they're looking for in a partner. But, um, but it's, yeah it's but it's different than it than it used to be Um, totally yeah and it like I think um I think sometimes as like rational westerners we underplay the significance that that media and art has had on us in our development yeah Um, yeah vanilla sky is a really interesting film that explores that because he like recreates his own it's this idea that you can freeze your consciousness and uh, freeze your body and then your consciousness lives on. There's several films and, and shows now that this is like the way forward, right? Is the idea that like we acknowledge that consciousness is immortal and you can keep it in this life or whatever by putting yourself in a dream state, blah, blah, blah. So oh, interesting. Tom Cruise's character, like he uses, he, he purposely chooses his dream like his consciousness dream. And sorry if you've never seen it. I just ruined the movie for you. <laughs> but oh, it's okay. uh, <laughs> I apologize. Um, but it's this idea that it's a great soundtrack also. Uh, he, ah. he picks, um, he has sort of like a near-death experience where, where his life split from being this charmed, he was a billionaire type of life to then like he had a really bad car accident and like lost everything. So he chose to live in a dream because he couldn't face that that was his reality wow. anymore. And so he chose a lot of things like, um, like album covers, uh, you know, music playing in the background, certain landscapes that were all like based on art or music or media because they were, they were part of his nostalgia and they made him feel good and happy. And so he chose like he, you could basically say in my dream life, I want these things to show up. And so this, this, you know, technology firm engineered his dream to be as such, which I just think is like, fascinating you know yeah like if you could choose what would it be oh that's so interesting oh god that (laughs) i have to think about that i know like that is yeah still a good film even though i ruined it for you it's cameron crowe so you know it's gonna be good (laughs) awesome no i mean i've always heard about it but i never actually watched it um and that does seem fascinating and yeah i think it's just so i think it's so hugely important to always remember you know, our environment makes a difference in our world. It's going to, it's going to shape our worldview. It's going to shape what we see. Yeah. Um, it's going to shape how we feel about things. And it is like, yeah, it's having that awareness of like, where is my current environment just playing into the biases I already have in my brain? Yeah. Um, and where, uh, and where do I have to actually like be consciously working against them sometimes? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, again, yeah, what, what to, to and what not to let into right. my consciousness, I think is so 
I think it's so, so huge. It yeah. is. That's why I stopped playing Candy Crush like five years ago. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I started, having dream- I started having dreams about it. It was, wow. it was truly, it was truly an addiction. Like that's fascinating. It was, it's, it think, I think it did to me what like sugar does to me, but like wow. at least with sugar, I'm getting something out of it. Like, like a visceral enjoyment, you know, like yeah. a, a warm chocolate chip cookie. There's something comforting and an experience I get to have when I have that. Whereas with candy crush, yeah. I was just like, this is an emptiness and nothing. I cannot do this anymore. <sighs> I found myself playing all the time and because I was filling a void. I was like not happy at work. I wasn't sleeping well. I was, you know, my relationship was getting, going through a really rough patch. It was like a whole thing. And it's so funny and trite to say that Candy Crush was <laughs> something that I leaned on, but like legit Candy Crush. If you're out there and you want to talk about Candy Crush, call me. I'm here for you. We'll start a Candy Crush Anonymous. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's addictive. It's super addictive. Like it is like a super, but I think that's another great point is like looking at, um, like our addictions, you could use one word for it, but like these crutches Mm -hmm. that we create, those things that we we are doing kind of mindlessly, like it's like what, usually we're running away from something. Usually there's a reason because Candy Crush, as fun as it is, like you said, it's not really, you're not getting anything out of it. Like there's not meaning like human connection, like deep value things, you don't really get out of Candy Crush. No. Um, and like, it was interesting because like, I was going on this like weird, like YouTube binge, like a, like probably four or five weeks ago or something. And it was like, well, maybe a little more than that now, but, um, but it went on for like a month where I was like, I can't stop watching YouTube videos instead of doing my work all day. And, <laughs> you know, again, like I live in a lucky world where no one really gets angry at me if I don't meet a deadline except for me, myself. But, um, but, like, it was kind of this fascinating thing of, like, hey, like, what are you putting off here? Like, what right. is, what's your problem? Because, you know, as fun as it is to watch, like, every music video ever made, like, what is this really getting to you? Like, why do you really need this right now? Um, that is actually one of the funnest things to do, though. I, I am totally with you. I love music videos. <laughs> that's true. I do love music videos as well. It is. So it's true. But, like, like what it is, it's, like, when you're... I don't know. It's like, well, you read one article and they mentioned, I don't know, Ed Sheeran comes to Mike sees a new album. Ed Sheeran. And so you, you start watching the Ed Sheeran songs and you're like, wait, didn't he get married? Did he get married? So you start Googling, did he get married? And then you want to look at pictures of who he got married to. And like, and like, is she showing up? Like, do I think any of the songs are about her? Which songs do I, you know what I mean? And you're looking up, what do Ed Sheeran lyrics mean? And then that's like, oh wait, remember that collaboration with, you know, and it just kind of spirals from there. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> too much information available to us. Yes. The- too much. But like, ultimately, it was, I kind of like looked at it and I can't even, it's so funny how time passes, right? Because I'm like, what was it that I was avoiding? I don't even remember fully. It was probably, I think it was writing my website. Um, yeah. so I'm redoing my website and everything. And so, which is like really hard and really not fun. And this, you know, just it's, I mean, it's fun and cool, but it's also like, really Work. hard yeah and, um yeah it's like yeah and uh and it's like oh got it hello you know <laughs> um, and it was like okay you gotta, you gotta stop this now because it's, it's like it seemed like it was helping you but ultimately it's just kind of making you a little miserable so well, it's an escape right and like yeah. i think there's a time and place to escape there is and if, if you're if i feel like especially if you're 
I don't know. It's almost like being conscious of it because I feel like subconsciously we escape a lot. Like I find myself sure. on my couch and I have like a big couch. You've seen my couch. I'm on yeah. one cushion. I only take one cushion up. I am eating Jenny's ice cream or I'm eating pita chips. And I am just like, what am I doing? I'm as I'm doing it. I'm like, this isn't actually bringing me fulfillment. Now there are, yeah. there are moments in my life where it does. There are moments in my life where I'm like mm, a delicious, like, spoonful of ice cream or having some some chips for dinner especially since I started living alone like just the freedom and the novelty I love novelty yeah. the idea that I get to do this is like so wonderful and joyous but now I'm now in like month eight of doing that and I'm kind of like there's got to be more and I don't know what the conscious shift is yet I just know being conscious of it is my work so that not so that I beat myself up about it because that's what I'll tend to do is be like, well, now you're gross. So now you need to just like turn the TV off and you need to like go on a, like my, my probably like 26 year old self would have been like, you're gross. You need to go on a run. And I probably would have like put it down and gone to the gym or gone like on a run at 8 PM just to like, you know, burn it off. But I realized like, nope, that's not healthy either. Cause now we're avoiding the avoidance when we need to see the avoidance. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's hard. <laughs> It's hard being human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like TLDR. It's really hard being human, especially one who's like conscious and is looking to improve oneself because there's constantly mm -hmm. something that you could be doing. But yeah, mm -hmm. like it's like the being being kind to oneself is the way to make this a lifetime of getting better as opposed to, okay, I achieved this done. Now I'm better. Like like you were saying earlier, um, that like suddenly it will just go away that bad quality or that, that, that less than desirable quality we don't want anymore. But it's like, is that really what will happen? Probably not, but I can at least like build space to be kind to myself and, and question whether it's true or not. Mm -hmm. And like this kind of, kind of sounds like annoying slash trite, but it is that great question of like, how would it feel if there was nothing to work on anyway? Like, would you actually be happy? Would it, like, mm. how would it feel? I think, um, I remember listening to a bunch of interviews with Tony Robbins, like, like five or six years ago now, and he was talking about how, you know, a lot of people that he was working with, it was Andre Agassi, and I think Princess Diana, and Bill Clinton, and, like, a, a lot of, like, the work that they were doing was the fact that they had achieved everything that they'd ever wanted to achieve. Mm. And so now what, right? And, like, this sense of complacency, or the sense of not growing, or not having anything to work towards, it felt devoid of meaning and how that was really hard to actually physiologically deal with and, and psychologically to deal with. And so um, it's, it's something I'm still working on, but like that, that energy of um, like, of bring it on that energy of like, sure. Come at me. Sure. Like, let's like not communicate well today. Let's figure out how that goes. Oh, Byron Katie, of course, she has to come up in every episode. Every. Um, everyone. Like, I think she talks about it, too, because I think one of the turnarounds or, like, the final turnaround is, like, I welcome when X happens again. So, yeah. like, if started it all with, you know, uh, you know, Kathleen should never be late for a podcast or something, whatever, you, you know, right. that this is completely hypothetical. Right. But, like, if I start with, like, Kathleen should never be um, late for a podcast, she's inconsiderate and whatever you know instead I say like I welcome Kathleen being late for a podcast I welcome her being inconsiderate because then I get to work on this more like I get to see this more I get to see my reactions and what I'm 
creating in my world again. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's contentment, right? Like, <laughs> right. It's constantly yeah. something to, and it's, it's funny. I find it in small pockets, like mm-hmm. in ways that I never used to before, which is in, and when you, when I feel that way where I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, let's do this. That's like, it's like truly the best feeling. Which is cause, because it just feels like anything's possible because I have no, like I'm, I am in agreement with what is real because what is happening yes. now is what is real. And yes. the, the yoga mat is a wonderful place to practice it. Um, relationships are a wonderful place to practice it. I feel lucky in the past year I've had like, like really good close relationships where I could actively be like, okay, I get to practice not assuming the worst in this person and Mm. seeing this as like, okay, this is, this is like a science experiment for lack of a better phrase Mm. of like, Mm -hmm. okay, what happens when I don't do what I've always done? What happens when I, there's so much space for forgiveness and for failure? What happens when those two things are, and it it, like amazing things happen, like amazing things happen. So Mm. I I love that. If it doesn't um, like erase the pain, that's what's interesting. But it's just that the pain is temporary. Whereas before, yes. it's, I was I I would hold on to things, and I still do. I'm like so imperfect. It's not even yes. funny. But um, you know, they're just when you when I've been able to consciously apply those types of principles, it's it's like whoa, maybe there is hope for the future. If if everybody could feel this way, like once a year mm-hmm. <laughs> then imagine if it could be once a month like it's oh wow God, really yeah. powerful mm-hmm. i think that is so beautiful and i think that's so um that's so true and it really has me thinking about a couple of those places where kind of and and maybe that's an, a nice entry point for people um because it's one that's coming up for me right now is like you know you have a couple of those things that you kind of dread right like those mm-hmm. things you know whether it's like a specific meeting that you have each week or um, I'm thinking of, it doesn't matter, but, um, it's like, I can launch into a big story, but it might not be the time. You should probably wrap on up. But, um, but of like, if there's something you feel like you kind of dread, I think there's a great question to say like, Hey, why? And is there room for welcoming? Like what, what does it, does it have to feel, does it have to be full of dread? Could it actually, could you be excited to feel whatever you feel when it's, when it's coming up? And, um, and I think that's kind of an interesting way to like approach that because there's things where so like the, the situation I'm thinking of it's like really small it's not huge mm. but I feel this little sense of like what's happening you know like oh what's gonna come next and it's like but, but what where's that anxiety from and even that small piece of anxiety who's that really serving mm. and can I can I flip that around so that even 30 seconds on Friday morning can feel better mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. even that's the difference that it makes well, that's actually useful because then I can apply that to bigger and bigger things. Right. That's what's coming in my brain. No, I, but, yeah, totally. I, I, I know I won't launch into another one either, but I totally, I understand. <laughs> I do. We'll just share stories later. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, Kathleen, thank you for this amazing conversation. We didn't end up talking about what we meant to talk about, but like, <laughs> that's okay. This is really useful and important. And maybe we can just like save that for next time. Is that cool? That's perfect. Yeah, okay. I love um, I love just going with the flow. It's the best. It is a really nice thing. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, and uh, just have such a wonderful day.
Thank you for having me. And you too. You, you, you stay strong. That's not your fault if you, if you pick the wrong card, okay? It happens. <laughs> that's funny. No. That's funny. I would laugh. I hope you pick my card one day. It was great. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> oh my darling. Okay. Have a wonderful day. You too, babe. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you.